How would you like to be part of a conversation that changed someone's life or even changed your own life? Welcome to the Be Fun, Be Kind podcast, where we have amazing discussions hosted by someone new each week. Join us at BeFunBeKind.com to be part of our live events. Now, here's your host for this week's episode. So, welcome, Be Fun, Be Kind squad. My name is Jonathan Boyd. I'm your guest host today, and I'm super pumped. I'm an executive chef. I'm a lover of all things food, and I'm a homesteader, and I'm a host of the Food and Farm podcast, um, and I'm a father of six. I have a beautiful wife. And I'm the executive chef for the, the, the Weston Jackson, the Selwine Bar and Bistro. And I'm just super pumped to be here and talk to you guys about living a self-sufficient life and more specifically in growing a garden to uh, better your life and the benefits of having a garden. But we're going to get there, all right? Because the first thing people are going to do is shut down. They're going to tell me, I can't have a garden. I can't have this. I've got, you know, I live in an apartment or I live in the city or blah, 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 blah. And those are all crap excuses. You can be living a self-sufficient lifestyle where you're at right now, whether you're in downtown New York City or if you're like me living way out in town on less or around 10 acres. You can do either one. Are there some limitations? Yes, but you can do it. We're going to kind of work through this complication, how to get through it the benefits of having this garden, and it's going to be awesome. So a quick backstory as to why I got into homesteading. So um, I grew up around a homesteader. My grandfather was a homesteader, saved everything. Uh, probably the most OG uh, homesteader that there is. But me personally, I lived in suburban Atlanta, and I lived on the south west side of Atlanta down in the Noonan Peachtree City area and it's like your typical picket fence neighborhood. Uh, houses are so close you can literally get your coffee, pass it out the window to the guy beside you. Um, really everyone's lawns were perfectly cut. You had to have approved shrubs, you know, homeowners association and never any home setting. But, you know, I got married. I worked really hard. I had a, you know, I got a job. I got a salary job. I did all of those things. And you would think that, oh man, this, this is just going great. And then every single thing changed. I lost my job and which basically forced us out of the hope that we were going to be moving into our own home. And everything just suddenly came to a stop. And the worst part is, is I didn't have a way of providing for my family. And it's just all around stuff. Like it was probably the most depressing thing. And I had to, you know, I had to go through therapy for it. I mean, I can't go, I will go there because there's somewhere out there that needs to hear this. So I went into such a deep level depression after getting let go that I was beyond depressed. I was suicidal. I couldn't find a job. I was just, I was lost. I was lost. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to be here, you know, in this house and I can't work, I can't do anything. Nobody wants me, I guess. So I'm going to start doing some gardening and I'm going to start doing some small projects that maybe I can sell. So I was picking up like free pallet wood, et cetera, et cetera. 
and just building furniture and some things like that. But more importantly, I was growing this garden. And it was through this garden that kind of started to bring this revelation and all of these things just to kind of dwell up here to make this, um, to get me to where I'm at today. So if you hear all the background noise, that is actually a working functioning kitchen over here at the West in Jackson. So uh, pardon me, a little bit of a background noise there. But uh, it was this garden that honestly got me through. And that was the starting point where, you know what, I've never wanted to be in that position again. I don't ever want to have my kids not miss a meal. Uh, my, myself, my wife, my mother-in-law, if anybody needed anything, I wanted my house to be the rock. I wanted my place to be the spot that they could come to and rely on for when they needed something, I would have food for anybody who needed it. And it was a process. And again, I went unemployed for three months. I did some odd jobs here and there, but I finally found, you know, I, I finally found, you know, myself in a position to where I can really start to, to just start one step at a time and the idea of what I have now, as far as my homestead and my gardener things, it's way further than I could have ever imagined at the time. So the key is, is number one, if you're thinking about living the self-sustainable lifestyle or getting into gardening or just kind of trying to feel this out, you're recognizing that the earth climate's not right. There's all these different reasons to get into living as a self-sustainable lifestyle or gardening. Um, I'm going to give out just, you know, five little key points and then we'll just kind of move forward. All right. So first one is do not wait. Don't wait till you have this dream land. Don't wait till you have this dream space or I got to have the barn. I got to have this. I got to have that. That's all crap. It's all a lot. You can enjoy this and have happiness right now. Right now is the time to get in the garden. You have plenty of time between right now and summertime to make your dream come true and to be able to provide food for your family. Next thing is two, we, my wife and I and our kids, we were not scared of failure. I had nothing to lose, um, plain and simple. And when you just jump into it, like, you know what, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna spend some money on it and buying some pots and you know, planters and stuff to go on our patio. Cause again, I lived in suburban Atlanta. I didn't have space to put all of these, um, to put all these different planters and do like a full out garden. I had to rely on basically a small, no, not even that, probably 30 foot by 30 foot patio. And that's all I had. Everything, and that's only because it was hidden. Anything outside of that, would have been an absolute sin to my homeowners association. So I focused in on that and just was able to provide a couple meals. It wasn't a lot my first year, but it grew every single year. And now I'm 10 years out and I'm able to live a life where I don't have to go to the grocery store. I was very blessed and thankful that, you know, when a lot of people were scrounging back in March, I was able to continue to do my thing you know, we just kind of held ourselves into our property and we were able to completely live a self-sustaining life on our property without any outside help from grocery stores, influences, anything of that nature. Um, 
Number three is, is we practiced before we left the city. Too many people, they just don't practice. They got this, they got this little thing in their mind. Now, how can you practice? Practicing could be like what we did. We had some vegetables that were um, hanging from pots or in planters, um, that kind of thing. Practicing could also be donating some time to a volunteer organization that does um, organic produce. We had friends in South Atlanta. Uh, they had a farm called 180 Degree Farm. And I kicked myself in the foot because I didn't go out there. And I, could, I had an opportunity to learn a lot of information from somebody who's been really successful. But I was just, I was so in my own little zone. And I could have learned so much more. And I would be so much further along even than where I am if I just would have taken that time to volunteer and be under someone's wing. And uh, number four, research, research, what, whatever you do have faith, research what you can do in that space. And you can grow indoors. It's a giant lie that you need an outdoor space. You can grow indoors. And we're going to talk about that more in a minute. And number five is just keep reimagining your lifestyle. Your lifestyle habits change you have kids, maybe you move, all these different things play into this. But you need to make sure that as you're moving along, even if you're in the same property, that you're reimagining what you can do to help yourself be self-sufficient. Uh, maybe it's look at vertical gardening, researching vertical gardening. It could be something as simple as uh, learning how to do hydroponics or aquaponics in your garage. That's something I'm getting into this year. I'm super pumped about growing hydroponic lettuce in basically what is my wood shop or would be my wood shop. And I'm going to be able to grow lettuce year round and it's going to be delicious. It's going to be awesome. And I don't have to go to the store and it's going to be super dope. So, um, so 10 years ago, I just, I wouldn't have had the, the gumption, the knowledge, the testicular fortitude, if you will, to, to have, you know, lots of land, three gardens. I have 80 ducks, no, sorry, 80 chickens, 10 ducks, 12 goats, nine ewes, two rams, 10 baby lambs, two cows. And that would have been just way too much. And that doesn't even include meat, chickens, pigs and things like that that come onto the property and then we butcher yearly. These are the year-round animals that I maintain. All of that would have been way over my head at the beginning of this thought press when I was 10 years ago. Where it all started was, again, just growing the, what they call them, topsy-turvy tomatoes uh, from, our, from our second story down to over our patio. Um, so, so, you know, it started in the city and you can do it too. So let's first, we need to research your area. You know, you do need to know what your homeowners association requires. Me personally, I am a ask for forgiveness, not for permission kind of person. And I know a lot of people in home setting that does the same thing. So I know lots of people and I'm not encouraging you to breaking laws. Uh, I know lots of people who just don't know the laws. They keep calling around. They're getting the runaround. They can't find the right answer. So they just do it. So they have chickens in the middle of 
downtown of their area and no one's ever said a word to it. They've been doing it for well over 10 years. Uh, you just need to kind of have a generalization of what you can find. And if you can't find the rules, ask around. And if there's no rules on it, then you know what? Go for it. I always, again, it takes nothing to, to take those kinds of things down. Just go for it. You'd be amazed and you'd be more amazed, especially once you have your neighbors involved and they're getting some vegetables or maybe a chicken egg. You'd be amazed at how fast everyone loves you being a homestead. So um, next is how much space exactly do you have? Um, you could definitely be growing on an apartment, uh, like an apartment balcony up multiple floors, setting up as topsy-turvies. I always recommend those. Those were really successful for us. You can grow indoors. Uh, we have multiple systems that we grow indoors with. I love microgreens. They're my favorite little lettuce. Uh, I grow uh, sunflowers, uh, sunflower shoots, pea shoots, radish shoots, um, and I know I'm missing one and it's going to beat me up, but also grow like uh, barley and wheatgrass and all these uh, ryegrass and all these other different things that I can turn into smoothies or I can eat them as is you know, on top of something or as my actual main item. And it's gotten to the point that even my kids, I have, I have six kids, so I have a 16 year old about to be 15, a eight, ooh, I think about eight, <laughs> seven, three, and a two. And, um, you know, they all love microgreens. You know, everyone just thinks that, you know, oh, we won't get a benefit out of it. Trust me. You get the kids involved and they grow it, they will love it. If you leave the kids out of it and they just see it as a weird house plant, yeah, they're probably not going to like it. But our kids are super involved in the process. They all know how to grow microgreens and they love it. They enjoy doing it with me. Uh, so it can be done. You can also learn, uh, look into, um, I'm excited to be getting one here soon. It's called an Aero Garden. That's A E. R-O-G-A-R-D-E-N, Arrow Garden, and you can check them out at arrowgarden.com, and they have different growing systems that you could be having in your home, and some of them do, you know, small herb style things. They also have like the farm hexel that can do cherry tomatoes and lettuces and cucumbers, peas, you name it, that thing can do it, and they're stackable. Um, I believe they even connect Bluetooth, so it even tells you when the system needs nutrients, when it needs more, you know, how to adjust, it needs to, you need to adjust sunlight, anything of that nature, it automatically just tells you. That's a pretty cool system. Now, that's the upper brand, so when you go over there and you look at that price on one of those, don't panic, go on Amazon. Air Garden is like the Porsche of hydroponic growing systems for your home. Just know that the Chevrolet or the Ford is okay too. <laughs> I, I, I've made a Chevrolet style, you know, a little homemade one by scratch, and it did a really good job. And you can really enjoy those types of things year round. Next thing is uh, when it comes to your space is do you have a lawn? Um, our new homestead has mostly pastures. So we're converting our uh, pasture into a garden. So uh, if you have lots of lawn, what is it going to mean to, you know, convert that lawn into a garden? It's a little bit more complicated than you may think, 
but it, which you understand how to do it, 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 it just takes some time and a little bit of patience and you can have that. And now, again, now's the time to be doing that because you probably wouldn't be naturally planting if you're up north until April or May anyway. So next is, you know, can you grow indoors? Last is, is have you looked at any vacant land uh, or space around you that's owned by the city, uh, a business or a private, uh, private citizen? And I got make this in, in two examples. Uh, here at the Western Jackson and Estelle Wine Bar and Bistro, my, my work home that I love so much. You know, we're blessed with a great downtown that has lots of beautiful spaces and they just want our city to be beautiful. And they want to showcase what Jackson and Mississippi means to the country because it's an agricultural center. So they have actually given us plots at different uh, spaces around the city that this year we're going to be planting on. And some of these will be like community projects. I probably won't get anything from them. I'm probably expecting that most of my produce is going to walk away with it. But there's also other plots that are going to be more secluded and gated that we're going to be able to get. And sometimes they're just, you know, 30 foot by a 30 foot plot. But if I have one over here, the two blocks over there, maybe I have all my herbs. I can, um, I can, um, I'll be able to manage different things all at, you know, throughout my city. And then I'm going to have a whole bunch of free land that I can operate on. All I'm doing is providing the water. Now I'm, I'm the one bringing in the soil. I'm the one bringing in the seed, but I'm not having to pay for that land. The city is more than willing to let me have that. Um, there's some other government buildings here, like the Museum for Art. We're talking to them about our property. And my hotel is super cool. And we're actually going to have a rooftop garden this year. And I'm really pumped about that. I did see some questions pop up and I love questions. And I'm almost done here in a minute and I want to open up to a Q&A. So please don't leave. Because uh, I know there's lots of questions. So please, please, please hang in there. We're going to do a Q&A at the end. Um, uh, the next thing is, is another idea to check out is, uh, I use this example, his name is Curtis Stone. He's from, I believe you say it's Kelowna, Ontario. And you can check him out at urban, theurbanfarmer.co. And he is a, a businessman who's come in and his entire business model is he comes in to homeowners and says, I'm going to run a garden or a farm on your property. Uh, you're going to give it to me. And my rent is I'm going to give you one basket of produce per week, and then I'm going to pay your water bill. And that's his entire business model. And this guy has, you know, probably two or three acres worth collectively, maybe at the peak of his time. And But he was not really using his property. He was using multiple properties around him. It's a great business model. Uh, on his website, I've, I just saw a quick quote down there at the bottom. It's just like, you know, pretty genius moment. You know, it says 40 acres of, there's 40, let me just repeat that again. There's 40 million acres of lawn in North America alone. And think of all of that space. I've always found it odd that we maintain this weird level of perfect grass that's on the ground. Meanwhile, it's useless. What, what use is grass, honestly? It's nothing. It's there to maybe look, keep things looking pretty, but all in all, grass is useless. 
unless you're a sheep or a cow, we don't benefit from it at all. So look at converting your front lawns, your backyard lawns, or maybe there's an empty lot near you, contact somebody. There's areas for you to garden. You can also contact different community gardens and being involved in those programs. One of the properties right behind us is a community garden and we're gonna be teaming up with um, the botanical Mississippi Botanical Society and they're going to be putting in a rose garden over here and we're going to be putting in some herbs and things and it's going to be awesome their roses that they're going to be bringing us are going to be helping to bring in bees which are going to be helping pollinate our seedlings that we're going to have over here so we're getting tenfold the benefit because you know we're teaming up with somebody who has something that we don't and that is you know bringing in you know, uh, flowers that are going to be attracting the right bugs, the right birds, and it's going to be make our, our garden even better. So I've given you ways that you can be garden right now. So what's the benefit? What's, what's the big deal? Why do I think this is the year for you to garden in 2021? First one is you know, the boosting of the ecology around you. You know, you're producing higher air quality for yourself and your friends around you. You're also producing a better soil structure that's beneficial to the planet, plain and simple. Uh, next, obviously there's exercise and things that go in, squatting, bending, lifting, it's obviously really good for you. Number three, the quality of food and the pride in which promotes better health. And I cannot say that enough because my kids eat vegetables because they have pride in what they're growing and they see it. They see it from a little seedling right now. Right now, if you look on our Instagram, you're going to see pictures of little seedlings under the grow lamp. And uh, we use um, about 10 grow lamps and we've got hundreds of seedlings underneath these grow lamps. And my little kids planted this. And they have so much pride in what's going on that they love their vegetables. Uh, next, you know, decrease in illness and health risks, uh, blood, uh, lowers your blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, giant boost in your mental health. But I found this one very odd too, because where I was in my place when I first began homesteading, I was in a super dark place. So uh, garden is, um, linked to better mood, relieve stress and anxiety, boost brain function capabilities, which I thought was interesting, and boost sense of self-worth and value to both family and society. Number six is just the economics of it. Providing food for yourself is cheaper when you're doing it over time. If you're just going in one season, it might not be by the time you buy the soil, the pot, blah, 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 blah. But when you're doing it over time, it's an accumulative thing and you've got the infrastructure built in, you're saving money. You've got this built in. Uh, the next thing is, um, you know, you're reducing your carbon footprint on the earth. And I cannot stress that enough. And I'm not a, a, crazy, a crazy hippie. I'm just a dude who, who loves living on earth. It's odd to me that we have tomatoes in January here in Jackson. From a plane, I'm
sector, which is also even reducing our carbon footprint overall on our farm. And number eight, and most importantly, is just to be fruitful and give to your neighbors. You'd be amazed at how many people are interested when they drive by the garden or they drive by and they see sheep and goats in my front yard. And they just, I literally have people all the time pull over, take pictures, especially when the babies are out. You see a baby goat or a baby lamb goofing off out in the field. You can't help yourself. You gotta pop in, you gotta take a picture. Plus also, you know, we're able to give to our neighbors. Uh, this year we were able to give away about 20 of our meat chickens, uh, our Cornish chickens that we were able to give to neighbors. And uh, some of these people were people that were in need and we just kind of put it on their doorstep and knocked and left. And, you know, sometimes it was just, you know, somebody was like, hey, can I, can I buy a chicken off of you? Like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll give you this chicken for $5. You know, it took me 13 to make it, but yeah, man, five bucks. You know, there's, there's a way that, you know, there is a, some giving that you can do there. And again, as, as this podcast is all about, be fun, be kind. So thank you for hanging out with me. Uh, Do we have any questions here on the group? See if I can get over to the chat because I know I saw one. And there it is up there at the top. Boom. There we go, chat. So what about watering of the land? Do you need to drive there every day? Um, for, for these properties, uh, I probably uh, will probably, I will be ending up driving there for some of them, but uh, most of the places that I use has water available to me. So I'll be able to kind of use their water system. The ones by the, the Mississippi Museum of Art and the one on the downtown square up here, both have water access. I'll just need to provide my own water hoses, um, any, you know, anything extra that I need like that, you know, the, the, what do you call it, the, the water hose head, if you will, to, you know, give it the rain shower effect. But anything of that sort, I'll have to provide. The city, as of right now, the city is going to provide me water. They're just wanting their city to look beautiful, and they're paying thousands, if not millions of dollars for somebody to come out there and cut grass. So why do all that when somebody will not only manage the land for them, they'll also help provide food. And, you know, we're planning on providing food for our community, the homeless community, and to be able to give away to those in need. Was there any other questions that y'all wanted to drop into the chat? Give you about 10, 15 seconds. Hello, uh, that was my question. Uh, the main question is I was looking online and. Uh, I was interested to find a community garden and I found one, but it was like a uh, 45 minutes drive for me. And it's not very feasible for me to drive every day there to just oh, right. water the plant and come back. So, um, I mean, is it usually like that, that whoever it's planting, they're responsible to water the plant over this kind of community gardens? How does it work? So a lot of times for community gardens, they'll actually have someone there that goes around and helps water it. It's going to depend on your, um, depend on that community garden, how it's managed. Mm -hmm. For the community garden behind me, it's just going to be a tag team effort. You know, while we're there, if we see that they're dry, we're just going to hook them up and we know that they're uh -huh. going to do the same. 
This is the conversation that you got to have with the manager. Mm -hmm. I would also, if you have one that's that far away, you said 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, something like that, yeah. I would look in and see, uh, maybe get on Google Maps uh-huh. because this is how we found our land plot. We actually went on Google Maps and we circled in here at the hotel. Uh-huh. And then we just started looking for patches of green or overgrowth earth and said, well, who owns that? And then we just started tracking down those people because most people, they don't want to manage it. They don't want to deal with it. That's why that it should be hard. A- I mean, is it, it, it shouldn't be easy to like find those people. I, How did I you manage to find them? Sometimes, though, and, you know, if you're comfortable doing it, you uh-huh. know, we do it here just because it's Jackson and everybody yeah, you knows know everybody oh, here. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, we literally just walked there for some of these spaces. Uh-huh. We just walked there and knocked on doors until I found out who had that space. Yeah, yeah. For my case, probably they're going to shoot me with a gun if I do <laughs> may i may i ask where uh, about where where you were at yeah i'm living in dallas texas oh wow what a beautiful area okay um i would look uh i would see what uh public land is available Mm -hmm. see if um i'm very fortunate that you know my hotel is right smack dab here in downtown jackson and those gardens and those properties are right here around us uh-huh. But I think I would look at, I would start at Google Maps and just uh-huh. kind of start making a list. And then maybe you visit local businesses that are near it. I would probably search more towards the business side, more so than like personal land, unless you uh-huh. know that person. Yeah. And you can maybe get your foot in the door that way. I see. Got you. Okay. Thank you so much. No, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Is there anyone else there that would uh, like to ask a question? About 10 seconds. Nope, 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 nope. Well, awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for coming in and hanging out with me. This is the um, Be Fun, Be Kind podcast, and I'm super pumped that you came in. I'm guest host Jonathan Boyd. It's been an absolute pleasure. pleasure. And uh, if you're interested to learn more about a sustainable lifestyle, and our life there on our homestead here in Jackson, Mississippi. You can find more about us at foodandfarm.live. You can, if you just love pictures of baby goats, baby sheep, chickens, and you just want a happy Instagram, you can go check us out at Food Farm Live. And uh, if you want to be a part of a community where you're wanting to learn more about being self-sustainable, learning more about gardening, and just want some, some, uh, some support, you can join us at the Food and Farm podcast on Facebook, and you'll be able to find a community of people there that are there in the same position that you are just getting started out. There's some people that are, you know, on the thousand acres, but most people that are there are, are just like you that are just trying to get their foot in the door and get things going. Um, and if you love this topic and you want to listen to more like it, after you leave, the uh, after you leave a five star review for the Be Fun Be Kind podcast, which please do down below, make sure you're subscribed. Hit that five star review for the Be Fun Be Kind podcast. Hop over to the Food and Farm podcast. Subscribe and like and listen and be a part of the conversation. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in this week. 
we would love for you to be part of our next discussion. Join our live events happening every week at BeFunBeKind.com. See you soon.